Yeah, somebody at McDonald's listens to our show. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's February 25th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 177. This is no agenda. Deconstructing MSM BS so you can get laid cocktail parties. And apparently coming to you from my sickbed crackpot command center in Gitmo Nation West in the Republic of California in the morning, everyone. I'm Adam Curry. And here, printing out documents as I speak, <laughs> I'm John C. Dvorak. It's crackpot and buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> in the morning to you. Yeah, in the morning to you. I can't yeah. get this thing to work. Yeah, I hear you. I can't get, did you Twitter? Yeah, I did. I Twittered. Oh, oh okay, good. The place should be packed. <laughs> yeah. They make sure I hit the return key on Twitter. Yeah, I think it looks like I did. Yeah, those things, it does count if you do that, I'm told. Oh, okay. This uh, this flu thing I've got just won't quit. Mm, yeah, what's the deal? I don't know. It's like, it's, uh, it's, it's not just me. Lots of people have it. Just like, you're hawking the whole time. First you get this real congested head, and then it goes to your chest, and then you're coughing, and, and of course... Um, either it either goes to your stomach straight away or um, you mean your stomach straight away yeah well Nick at the office he, he's been like down Nick for, is always sick no that's not true that's not true he's sick a lot I mean, he's probably an alcoholic and hiding it I don't think so he's just sick he's, he's living on treasure island <laughs> the paradise the world's worst place is windy and cold fantasy island I call it, is it you know, is that, there's is a it, bunch of plutonium on there I was going to say isn't that, isn't that place built from like debris from the, the big fire of San Francisco part of it yeah it was built in the 30s uh, as a as an island to put on the world uh, the, the world's fair mm. and uh and is, is there's plutonium there? How about depleted uranium? Well, they turned it to a, a navy base. It was going to be a world. Here's here was the scenario. First, it was built as a world's fair island. So the, then it was just a, this great world's fair, and all the buildings that were on the island, including the uh, what looks like an airport terminal, were designed to eventually become an airport terminal. <laughs> this place looks like an airport terminal. It was determined by all the experts that everything was going to be a seaplane for all the flights to Japan and China. Oh wow! And so this was going to be where they were going to launch these things. The seaplanes. Really? So you're telling me back in the 30s they, they thought that it was all going to be seaplanes, that they wouldn't be landing on hard asphalt? Yeah. I'm really? Yeah. I don't know this part of aviation. a big giant plane could land on asphalt. I, but I didn't know about this part of important aviation history. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, so if you look at the Treasure Island, that, that one building that's in the front is is the main terminal that was going to be the passenger terminal. It looks like one, if you think about it. And it's been used by by a St- Spielberg in a couple of movies oh, as right. the Nazi terminal in right. one of the Indiana Jones films. <laughs> that's where he lives. And then if you look, lives. if you're driving across the bridge, you'll look and you'll see what is obviously hangars. Yeah, it's true. So, so people who don't know this, uh, this is an island between. So it's it's off the Bay Bridge. In fact, the Bay Bridge goes over it, doesn't it? No, the Bay Bridge goes through an island that's always been there, the real island, which is was called Goat Island, because it had a bunch of goats on it. And then uh, it, it, it changed the name to Yerba Buena because nobody liked oh, that. Right? Idea. Yeah. I I I, should, I think it should just be Goat Island. Yerba I like Buena Goat Island better. Gay. But anyway, so they changed it to Yerba Buena, and Treasure Island was attached to Yerba Buena, and it was essentially an artificial island. It's right. it's a bogus island. It was designed as a where they're going to have the World's Fair, which they had. And then when World War II broke out, uh, 
they had to confiscate the whole thing and give the whole thing to the Navy. But originally, it was designed to be a World's Fair, then a, and then the San Francisco International Airport, or as I would say, seaport, so all these big uh, transatlantic uh, seaplanes could land there and take off. Right. Now that I think about it, the Spruce Goose, of course, was a seaplane. That was the largest plane ever built at the time. Right. Yeah. All now, right. In the 30s, well, it was thought that, you know, that when the planes are bigger than, you know, they can only land in the water, which has got to be a rough landing. Oh, you know, I've, I've landed a seaplane, and it's, first of all, it's not trivial. And, uh, yeah, when you come down on, uh, so if, uh, the plane I was flying had to land at like 70 knots. That's pretty fast when you land on the water. You know, why don't you jump off your uh, water skis going like 70 knots and see how yeah, the water feels. Yeah, or just feels. get in a fast boat and see how unpleasant yeah. it is. Yeah, it's, and, and if it's choppy, you ain't landing. That's the basic down downturn or downside of seaplanes. So anyway, so this big, uh, so that was the original plan. And all that's left of it, of course, is now uh, the Navy took it over and they kind of, you know, dropped plutonium in the upper. There's one area. They supposedly cleaned it up. Yeah. But yeah. So I plutonium. think we should uh, we should revert Yerba Buena back to its original name of Goatsy Island. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. All anyway, right. so they turned, no. and oh. by the way, Yerba Buena was, became the Coast Guard station and then Treasure Island became the Navy station. Shall we talk about the producers for, uh, or producer, executive producer? I don't know if we have one or more for uh, episode uh-huh. 177 of No Agenda, John. I'm trying to get the printout so I can do that, but oh, I can't. You were, that's why you were delaying. Well, while, while you're working on the printout. I print can time, do it. I can do it. I can well, read it off the screen. Oh, what a concept. All right. We got two executive producers and the. Uh, equal footing? Sorry? Equal footing? No, no. One's an executive and one's an associate. Okay. And the executive producer, let me scroll up. <laughs> with, <laughs> Are you sitting in your underwear laying back with the keyboard on your lap again? No, I just have a mouse on mouse in my pocket. <laughs> the um, executive producer is Randy Carlson of Pahrump, Nevada, which Randy is Carlson. known for being a funny named town. with, uh, And apparently there's some hookers there. So good for him. Well, uh-huh. hold on a second. Uh, I'm saying road trip. No, but, but wait a minute. It's donated on behalf of Catherine L. L. Gerard. Oh. Uh, obviously a Catholic girl with the two Midland names. Um, Catherine L. L. Gerard as a birthday gift. Oh. And uh, he actually gives the birth date and gives and, and the money is, is two twenty three is her birthday and then he has so many cents I am not going to in, on knowing women don't like the the year of birth announced on radio or or, or broadcast on the internet all over the world I'm going to leave that out okay good call. <laughs> yes, but Randy Randy should have also left it out. But this is Catherine L. L. Gerard. She'll be the executive producer of this show, and he gave us two hundred twenty three dollars okay, and so I'm some take, I'm, cents that indicates her birthday. Okay, so I'm taking Randy's name off, and Catherine L. L. Gerard will be the uh, executive, executive producer. producer. Correct? Okay. Oh, yes, fantastic! Right. Well, great, I and happy that's birthday. What he was angling for, and that is a good birthday gift, by the way, for anyone out there who wants to give. But but you know we. We'll, we'll avoid telling her actual birth date. Okay. And then the uh, uh, associate executive producers, Anison Limited, A N U S O N L I M I T E D, out of Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Oh, wow. 
And do they have a website? Amazon Limited? I got no other information. <laughs> that's it? Did you have information or is that on the printout? No, that's it. I got their address, but that's about it. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Catherine L.L. Gerard being our executive producer for episode 177 of No Agenda and Anison Limited in Hong Kong. It is you uh, entities who actually make this program possible along with our other... Uh, donors which we'll talk about later and uh, as you know you can put this on your resume i think uh, anison limited can uh, put it on their tax filing as uh, executive producer they don't pay a lot of taxes in hong kong i don't think oh. you hong know I had, I had a stroke of genius last night okay uh, as i'm uh, sweltering in my sick bed um I have the perfect idea for knighthoods. And I don't know if we have any knights coming up on Sunday, but right now we have, what is it, about 15 knights, I'd say? It's about, uh, about 15, 16. Um, and, of course, knights are people who have donated $1,000 $1, or more to the show. I have the perfect idea. You know, uh, I used to live next door to the number one sales guy for the Jostens Ring Company. And I'm thinking we need an awesome ring. That if you're a knight, you get this ring, and, and, and it should be like um, one of those, uh, like a seal ring. What do you call it? Uh, Navy seals. Not No, not Navy seals. Uh, you know, you put into wax. Do you think anybody would wear this thing? I mean, oh, how yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Dude. I mean, Dude. How, no, but listen, that you've got high school rings, college rings, Super Bowl rings, World Series rings. You've got all kinds of rings. Rings are a really big deal. And, you, and if you wear the look, I'll wear a ring. And then if you see someone else with the ring, you're in the brotherhood. I think this is a great idea. OK, we're, we're going to you know how we're going to do this, by the way, about the rings. We're going to pull the knights themselves. OK. And if the knights like it. If they think it's yeah, a good yeah, idea, we'll some rings, then we'll get sure. them rings, and uh, and then we need to have a design. I'm thinking maybe ITM or something like that in calligraphy. I think Paul T should do it. Well, I'm sure. I'm well. Someone will do it. I mean, I I think we I think the knights should also vote on you know the founding knights should also vote on the on the ring logo, the ring design. Yeah, well, absolutely. It, and 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 it will have a secret decoder message in it, <laughs> and it will come in a plastic bubble. <laughs> That you can't open without a bunch of uh, tin shears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> without a blowtorch. Exactly. All right. So that's our uh, executive producers, and then they can use it on their resumes and should. Absolutely. Um, in fact. And this is the last few days, by the way, we're, we're setting, we're doing a lot of people, of course, are founding producers for the No Agenda stream as it's being uh, uh, re re engineered uh and those people uh, of course will be uh, enshrined in on a website most email story or actually uh link of the week is from um this website xkcd.com where there's yep. this uh, and it's in the show notes no agenda show.com um, and it's this uh, stick figure cartoon. I, I don't know if you if you got it or not, but I, I think at least fifty people emailed it to me. It's uh, where there's this hostage situation, and there's a stick figure with a gun on the phone saying, "We took the hostages, secured the building, and cut the communication lines," like you said. And then the second screen. But then this guy climbed up the ventilation ducts and walked across broken glass, killing anyone we sent to stop him. And then on the phone, someone says, and he rescued the hostages. And then the th final screen is, no, he ignored them. He just reconnected the cables we cut, muttering something about uptime. 
shit, we're dealing with a sysadmin, it says. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, I, and I recognized once again how many sysadmins and, uh, and people who keep the internet running we have in our audience. It's, uh, it's pretty huge. And they're, and they're doing good stuff in Australia. Uh, and, and I, you know, again, we're not suggesting this, but boy, wouldn't it be funny? Uh, in Australia, hackers, uh, took over the traffic signs <laughs> and did a big Kevin Rudd sucks, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is so awesome. You know, I'm not yeah. suggesting anyone do that in the morning. No agenda show.com. Uh, on no traffic signs, but be what you want. It seems the, to be uh, possible, you know. It, it, this is the kind of thing that Caltech grads were, were, were known for, for forever. Caltech uh, has a uh, um, reputation of practical jokes that, that are ex- not only elaborate, but sometimes five or ten years in the making. They'll uh, set really? up a uh, situation, uh, usually at football games, where this, where all of a sudden the screen will go blank and it will have like a be a say a USC game and it'll say Caltech fifty four USC nothing uh, on the screen. <laughs> yeah, where, right, 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 right. Caltech has no football team, but but they will they'll do it in such a way that they plan these things. So in other words, one of the things you always want to do if you're going to do some sort of a, if you want to get into a system, is you do it years in advance. You set up like a, you 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 put some sort of a junction box into the place that that stays there and see if anybody's notices it and then after it's been there for a couple of years because nobody noticed that you've you've installed this thing then you can take it out and start putting stuff into it right and they'll do this kind of very elaborate prank and uh, these a lot of these people are the sysop mentality sydney police are baffled how the political protest political protesters hacked into the road signs controls in leafy rose bay in sydney uh, locals have been stopping their cars to take photographs and the signs causing such a major distraction. Police were called in at 3 a.m. And there's a picture. A cheeky protest using an illuminated traffic sign to target Kevin Rudd proved a traffic stopper in Sydney until police arrived with bolt cutters to turn <laughs> off the power. So these guys like locked it down. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I just got, yeah, good I just stuff. love that stuff. Absolutely. That's really good. And I'm looking over all the news today, John, and I'm like, oh, my God, there is so much. There's way too much. And it's, it's going to make the show kind of uh, weird. But I want to do start off with something that is important. It's a trend. It's going to be I think it's I think it has the potential to be big in some sick way, uh, although maybe it's not sick. It's although it might. I don't know. It depends. I don't know what to make of it. But uh, you're down in Los Angeles. You probably know about this, this trending uh, situation. Um what you know about vajazzling, right? About what? Aha! I didn't. I didn't hear you. Vajazzling? No, I don't know about the jazzling. I'm. I'm not trendy like you, John. It's not a matter of me being trending. I have people who are tr- who are keeping up with these things. Okay. I can't necessarily do it, uh, but uh, my son Eric apparently can. Sure. So. Um, I just sent you a, a link to the, I think, the genesis of this whole thing, even though I think it, was, it began before this. But Jennifer Love Hewitt, Hewitt was on. The, oh, uh, okay. Show. Want me to play it or want me to wait? Yeah, you want to yeah, set it okay. up? Okay. Jennifer Love Hewitt talks about Ova Jizzling. Oh, you didn't pronounce it right. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Give even me an though example of the book. Even though it's pronounced vajazzling. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, well, I, I vajizz, you vajazz, okay? Helped you through a tough time. Well, I, I, there's a chapter in there that I think you'll like. Is this people who say vajayjay? Is that what this is about? Yeah, I bet it is. And it's called Vajazzling, and it's all it's about Vajazzling. And um, I, um, after a breakup, a friend of mine, Swarsky, crystalled my um, precious lady. And, um, and it shined like a disco ball, and so I have a whole chapter in there about how women should vajazzle their vajayjays. Okay. All right. So this is the trend. Yeah, I think so. I think this is like some sort of thing. We, it's just it's just started to crop up in January as a uh, something you know that is a, a replacement for people who like to you know make creative uh, let's say designs around their private parts. And uh, but, but is now it, this does this is involve does this does this decorative. involve piercing? No, no, no. This is just this is involved painful gluing. Really. Yeah, and uh, there's a couple of things I got in the show notes. I, I'll send you the link. I was going to send it earlier, but then you wouldn't be, you know, I, I wouldn't have caught you off guard since you're trying to do that to me all the time. Uh, but well, well can, this, is, uh, this is clearly real news. Oh yeah, duh. Yeah. yeah. Well, hold on. Now, let me let me uh, let me set it up. And now back to real news. I, I actually, you know, it's interesting that you bring this up because there's a couple other things, and this is. And this is it, and actually, it's pretty important um, that we discuss this. Although it, it seems somewhat trivial, um, and this came to me, I think it was Tanya from New York, one of our producers. I could be wrong. Uh, who sent me this skit, uh, sketch, ske- sketch, sketch, this skit? Uh, <laughs> I'm really, I'm, I'm sick, man. Uh, John Oliver, who has, he works on the Daily Show. Right. He has a, is it an HBO special or maybe it's a Comedy Central special or whatever. And he had this comedian on Chris Hardwick. And Chris Hardwick, I, you know, you'd think the guy is actually listening to our show when you hear this routine. It's just a minute or so. Uh, but it plays right into this and something else that cropped up on the radar screen. Because, you know, as, as we'll get into later in the show, the entire world is basically crumbling before our very eyes. You know, Europe is about, is on the brink of disaster. Uh, uh, we wonder who's going to bring them back from the financial, uh, abyss that they're peering into. Uh, we've got, uh, the, the debt ballooning out of control in the United States. The police are clamping down. Your cell phones are being tapped. But what happens? We get this real news. And we joke about it. But when Chris Hardwick, this comedian, lays into it, um, you, it really makes you think. It's, it's one of our memes. It's our it's meme. It's totally our meme, but uh, I like the way he portrayed it. Let's have a the listen. The other thing that is quite possibly the lifeblood of America. That's right. I didn't say America. I said America. Apostrophe America. <laughs> is our incessant fascination with the tabloids. Like, it's insane how much... we Do you guys follow the tabloids? you care? Like, or are your lives enriched by relationships and family and things like that? <laughs> it seems like we're, it, it's so crazy that we're so obsessed with what a bunch of, like, drunken, f***ed up starlets want to do with their lives. But the more these celebutants 
up, the more we... Yeah, by the way, the, I guess it was Comedy Central because uh, they've bleeped out all the F-words. ...seem to love them. Oh, the Britney Spears of the world. Oh, they're adorable, like pets. You know, I really keep hoping that all these celebutants are not real people, you guys. I really hope they're a part of some government-funded conspiracy that's devised to divert our attention away from serious they don't want us to know about. <laughs> like if someone ran into the president's office and said... Mr. President, Mr. President, uh, there's a housing crisis. The banks are in the toilet. What do we do? All right, we need a media diversion. Call in the slut squad. And they run in. <laughs> All right, Lindsay Lohan, I need footage of you a guy on a camera phone. I'm on it! All right. <laughs> Brittany, I need you to shave your sniz and wag it around at a movie premiere. <laughs> I don't think I can do that. God damn it, soldier. You knew this job was difficult when you took it. Now man up and lose those panties. All right, Paris Hilton, I need you to speak. Publicly. <laughs> and it really makes me, it really makes me wonder, like, you know, there, there probably always were presidential diversions, you know, like, because the president has that power. But like, even like throughout history, that probably occurred. Like, for instance, if Lincoln had been gay, do you think we ever would have known? Like, if there was some sort of a press conference? President Lincoln, there are rumors that you're a homosexual. Would you like to comment on that, sir? Oh, really? Uh, well. <laughs> Slaves are free. Slaves are free. Yep, off you go. Slaves are free. The slaves? Oh, I don't know. Did I? Because uh, I've been shot. Yep, I've been shot in the head. <laughs> Just a straight man trying to enjoy the theater. <laughs> and, it, and you know, and we've talked about this so many times, and it's just true. Yeah, in fact, I have another uh, clip there that would coincidentally, uh, and but I just want to do reiterate, by the way, for everyone listening to the show, this vajazzling thing is going to, I know eventually it's going to show up on Oprah and it's going to be a huge thing and everyone's going to be wanting to do Every, this. And everyone's going to be talking about it. It's all it's, all it's going to be about is about vajazzling. And before you get to your clip, the Netherlands, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. So what do we talk about just on Sunday? The government fell, okay? There's a crisis, a governmental crisis. They've got uh, a, a, a devout anti-integration, uh, anti-Muslim guy who is, uh, you know, his party is bound to win the entire elections, waiting in the wings. And then what happens? Their number one skater, Sven... Yeah, I know this is the big news now. This is this is the news of the day. So he's on the 10K skates uh, competition in the Olympics, and his coach accidentally... Hmm. Coincidence? I think not! He accidentally says, oh, you need... He, he, he pulls him into the wrong lane, and he gets disqualified. And the whole country is, like, in a depression. The print... The, the little... The little... Uh, the, the great-grandchildren of the queen, the little princes and princesses are making little drawings to cheer Sven up because he's so depressed. And this is all that the news is about. The whole, the whole cabinet crisis is gone. No one's talking about it. It's, I know it's amazing. Now, the clip I have, which is, we have a, uh, so I don't know why this is take, why this is even on the air, but some woman named Jessica, I don't know who she is, she's one of the, uh, news anchors, uh, took over the 360 show, which is a kind yeah, of a combination yeah, news. I saw her last night. She's horrible. I saw her for like She's horrible, seconds. but he, so, so she cuts to the emergency, you know, this is a breaking news, this is the 360, <laughs> she cuts to another correspondence, another woman, who's another dingbat, by the way, these two are just ridiculous. 
ridiculous. And so she's, so I want to show you, this is exactly the way they portray it. They, first they have like one news story that's kind of important, and then they have another news story that kind of is a throwback. It really doesn't mean that much. There's about four news stories, and then they finish up with the, with the, with the, the unbelievable kicker, which is a completely made up real news story, because even as they explain it, you'll see. And then the two girls, the two women get giddy over this. It's a, the clip's about a minute and 20, but it's it's like this is a classic example of what the news media is now feeding the public. It is pathetic. Let's get the latest now on some other important stories we're following. Brianna Keeler joins us with a 360 bulletin. Hey, Brianna. Hi there, Jessica. 360 follow in a case we've been following for Bulletin. years. A former New Orleans news. police officer accused of covering up two fatal shootings in the days following Hurricane Katrina today pleaded guilty to obstruction of justice. Federal investigators say former Lieutenant Michael Lohman knew that two people killed by police officers on a bridge were unarmed but filed false reports to hide the facts. One of the victims was a 40-year-old mentally disabled man. The brother of former Olympic skater Nancy Kerrigan was released on bond. Mark Kerrigan is charged with assault and battery in the death of his father last month. He's pleaded not guilty. Kerrigan must wear a tracking device and can leave his home only to visit his lawyer. Former Vice President Dick Cheney is out of the hospital two days after suffering a mild heart attack, his fifth in roughly three decades. His spokesman said 69-year-old Cheney will resume his normal schedule soon. And word tonight that Massachusetts Senator Scott Brown has agreed to face off on a basketball court with President Obama. This invitation actually coming from the mayor of Springfield, Massachusetts, where basketball was invented more than a century ago. And Jessica, the White House is studying this offer. Some face-off it would be, huh? That's got to be the hottest basketball ticket in town. I I can't listen to it anymore. I guess you just play the end no, of it. I, uh, just, oh. I would play in that one, and I can't play ball. Can you play ball? Uh, no, and I have a, you know, I, I don't love basketball, but that is a game I would surely watch. Right. Okay, thanks, Brianna. Because I love watching big black men all sweaty. And coming up still on 360. Oh, no, this is horrible. All right, yeah, I need to- but I need to get to some actual news to tell people what's actually happening in the world, which is don't what, you want what to know about the for. basketball? By the way, I don't the give House- a shit. This is a publicity stunt for this town. Obama's people never said crap about. It. They're not going. This is never going to happen. It's stupid. But these two women are all gaga over the whole thing. I just thought it was like, what is wrong with these? Who's producing this show? All right, let me just give it to you real quick, and then we have to move on because they're going to drive me crazy. The distraction of the week. Hey, no agenda. So here is the real distraction of the week. This will be on the news uh, for the entire week. You can mark my words. We're going to be right about it. We told you so. Hillary Duff, a series of pictures. If you have not seen this, it'll be in the show notes at noagendashow.com. First, you see here, and this is all paparazzi pictures, conveniently taken with a telephoto lens as she's standing by the window, because, of course, she's a part of the slut squad, the presidential slut squad, and they needed a big distraction from everything. So her boyfriend, Mike, uh, was it Comrie? He's a hockey player. He proposes to her. You can see him on one knee. He's handing a ring. Her hands are in her mouth. Ooh. Then she goes to the balcony. And she has this rock, which is like, you know, the size of my eyeball. And she's taking pictures of it with her cell phone. And then, and then the next picture, she's blowing the guy out on the balcony. 
It's like, yeah, it's like, and what are we teaching our kids? You know, you want to rock like this? You blow your boyfriend. Which, hey, by the way. If you rock that big, you'd better. Exactly. That's what I was telling Mickey this morning. If I ever give you a ring like that, you better be blowing me. (laughs) I just. (laughs) Well, you know, the slut squad's got to up the ante. They really do. They really do. And I think, uh, I think she deserves a a congressional medal of honor. For uh, for this. All right. Uh, let's stop this because you're going to freaking kill me with this stupid stuff. Uh, <laughs> Nigel Farage is, of course, um, from the UK Independent Party. And we don't do enough European news here. Although next week I'll be in Gitmo Nation Lowlands and Gitmo Nation East on a fact-finding mission. Uh, visiting my daughter, basically. Oops. And... Um, Oh, there's a fr- <laughs> what YouTube has pre-rolls now. That's interesting. So Nigel Farage is uh, a member of the UK Independent Party, and he's in the European Parliament, uh, you know, part of the, the EU. And he gets up and he berates this unelected farce of a president of the United States of Europe, uh, Hermann van Rompuy, Rompuy, as some people would call him. Uh, you know, this is this weasel guy who all of a sudden showed up. No one knows who he is. He's now the president, the most powerful man in Europe, at least in, you know, in title. unelected, unelected. He calls the shots. He's the, uh, you know, he's running the, the Starfleet command over there. And Nigel, I just love what he did. This is uh, just about a minute. But listen to what he does and listen to the responses. And you have to see the video because this guy looks like he's he's taken a dump. When this is happening, he's like, oh, I didn't bargain for this. He's from Belgium, by the way. You have the charisma of a damp rag and the appearance of a low-grade bank clerk. And the question that I want to ask, the question that I want to ask, that we're all going to ask is, who are you? (laughs) I'd never heard of you. Nobody in Europe had ever heard of you. I would like to ask you, President, who voted for you? What mechanism? Oh, I know democracy is not popular with you, lot. And uh, what mechanism do the peoples of Europe have Mr. to remove President. you? Is this European democracy? Well, I, I sense, uh, I sense well, though that you're. Com- this is Barroso trying to trying to calm everybody down, like Mr. You know, and capable and dangerous. And I have no doubt that it's your intention to be the quiet assassin of European democracy and of the European nation states. You appear to have a loathing for the very concept of the existence of nation states. Perhaps that's because you come from Belgium, which of course is pretty much a (laughs) non-country. But since you took over, we've seen Greece reduced to nothing more than a protectorate. Sir, you have no legitimacy in this job at all, and I can say with confidence that I can speak on behalf of the majority of the British people in saying, we don't know you, we don't want you, and the sooner you're put out to grass, the better. I love that guy. God, talk about laying it into the guy. We need to send him a a No Agenda night ring. (laughs) Totally. I mean, it's so good because... It really, we talked about this on Sunday, it really feels like the wheels are coming off this thing like all these elitists 
who and you know and bankers who you know it was their, it's their generation their turn to move the agenda one step forward towards essentially the new world order but they're greedy they're like you know it can happen in our lifetime we don't want it to be our kids we want to do it we want to rule the world and they're going too fast and they don't have it under control and now you know and now uh the the European Union is is really on the brink of collapse Wall Street Journal even reporting that uh, Spain, now that Greece is basically bankrupt and dead, it could be Spain that will determine whether the uh, the euro stands or falls, as they now have you know nineteen percent unemployment rate, which I presume is the same phony numbers we have in the U.S. So maybe it's closer to thirty percent. The housing bubble exploded, huge debts, uh, gaping budget deficit, and. Uh, and if you know, and and if they can't, if they can't make it, then the euro could essentially just fall apart, and with it, the entire union. And what's going to happen then? Is everyone going to go back to their own currency and try and uh, and revive their economies? I have no idea. I think they're going to be in a heap of trouble. I mean, it's going to make our situation look like you know, eh, no big deal. Yeah. Because that's a convoluted mess over there. Oh, I mean, essentially, you know, for one thing, they've taken out. There's no more borders. Nope. So you can drive around. There's the, all the you can just all, kind of. Although that's like, not entirely true. If you go to the United Kingdom, where you know you're supposed to not have to even need to show your passport anymore, the United Kingdom stands there and basically berates you and, and doesn't let you in unless you you know show your verjazzling. That's the only place. But if you're driving around on the continent. Well, there's the Schengen Accord. That's uh, there's these there's this separate um, accord, which is the Schengen the Schengen Agreement. And if you're not in the Schengen Agreement, then uh, then you have to show your passport. So it's not entirely Where true. Where do you that, show it? I've driven from country to country, and that little booth that used to be there is abandoned. There's a couple. Of, there's a couple of countries. UK is one of them that's not in the Schengen well, Agreement. UK is an island. I'm not counting them, and they've always been. They got the. They, they haven't changed the currency either. Their UK is very reluctant to do anything. Yeah, I'm course. talking about driving around the continent from France to Spain, from Belgium yeah. to yeah. Netherlands. You drive yeah. right through. Yeah, true, true. Oh, John, I teased you with this yesterday, and uh, I want to tell you lest I forget. So you came to the studio yesterday to do Cranky Geeks, which, by the way, great episode if you haven't seen it with Chris DeBona from Google. Uh, if you want, I love that guy. He's awesome. He doesn't give a shit. He just says, "Yeah, Google's evil." That's almost. He almost says that. He never he, said. That. He almost he says get him that. In trouble. We'll never get him on the show. <laughs> he almost says that, but he's but he's jokingly like, you know, I, I like the guy. He loves Google. He's like a Google nut. Yeah, but that's what's cool about it because he's the, on the open source side. He's not on the Gitmo side. Anyway, regardless, and you were bitching and moaning about the entire block being uh, cordoned off that you couldn't park anywhere. Yeah, no, the block is cordoned off completely from end to end. Is that what street is it? Uh, Bryant or Brannon or someone's whatever street Brandon. that is. I think it's Brannon. Yeah. Brandon. It's all just completely blocked off on both sides with little signs on every parking meter. Do not park. Do not park. Now, I figured they were going to haul some building through and they needed every lane they could have or the president was coming into town or something. But nope. you knew you found out and you wouldn't tell me. Because I wanted to mention it on this show because this is the ultimate Gitmo Nation exercise that is taking place in San Francisco, California, the Republic of. Here's what's happening. They are installing a sensor on every single parking meter 
to see if you have driven off or not. What for? So they could reset it? You have a, you're, only, you're not allowed to fill up the meter and keep filling it up. There's a limit. Right. Also, they're looking. Oh, brother. Yeah. So this is and and I found this out yesterday. Wait, I bet I you like, there's two things that are going to happen. One, they're going to you know you're not supposed to, in San Francisco. There's a law. It would every basically they don't want you parking in San Francisco. They don't want you coming to San Francisco. They hate you. Do not go to San Francisco as a tourist. Never visit because they <laughs> don't away. want you. They don't like you. That's stay why they away. Have, go. We don't want you. Is a is a uh, there's so many bums on the street begging for money and then and the parking in front of the uh, Mevio offices, for example, get this, five minutes for 25 cents in a parking meter. Right. With a maximum so, of what? 50 minutes? No, I think 30 or it's either 30 or one hour, depending. It's most of them are 30. But so, whatever the case is, it's five. You got to, By the time you put your last quarter in, you've lost the first five minutes. Yeah. And then and then so now what they have, they have a sensor. And if your vehicle doesn't move within that limited time, which is 30 minutes, i.e. you've gone back to fill it up. Then the, the freaking electric cart with the meter maid comes by and they ticket you or tow you. And they're going to have a sensor on every single parking meter. This is this is from the, the state that is bankrupt. And by the way, bankrupt. this is expensive for the town that is broke. Yes, they can't thank afford you. this. And, and the money's not going to the town anyway. It's going to a private company. Right, it's a private company that does all this stuff. And here's the and you can't fight these tickets because it's a private company. If you go to court, they say, I don't know, it's a private company because they've outsourced all their parking meter crap. The thing is, is that in San Francisco, it's illegal to stay to park in a spot and then refill the meter. In other words, if you put in uh, an hour and then you you can't stay, you can't go put another hour. You got to move. You got to get out of there. And it's it's unbelievably ridiculous. It's like to discourage. It's bad for business. Is what the real problem. is. Is why are people parking there? They're not parking there because they live there. There's not that much residential, especially further up the street. There's none. There is back in the back part, but but people have parking spots because there's underground parking for the residents. The point is, is they don't want you coming to this town. They hate you. San Francisco is the worst, most unfriendly place in the world. Do not visit it. John C. Dvorak, pet peeve of the day. And that wasn't even my pet peeve. <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, let's do something that's fun for everyone at home. Um, We're going to play a game. Yes, we are. We're going to play a fun little game. And you can play this with me, John, as well. Um, so, of course, um, we are the program that exposes the stupidest things in the world. And, and, and we were all over recovery.gov. Um, the main offense being that it cost $18 million to put this website together in what appeared to be, my darling, what appeared to be a, almost a no-bid contract. Um, you know, it's total sham. Total freaking sham. Now, I want, to, I want you, everyone, everyone play along now. Go to recovery.gov, and I want you to see what your $18 million buys you. John. Are you at recovery.gov? No, not yet, but I'm okay. going there now. You, have to, you are going to crap yourself when you hear this. Now, crap. of course, part, <laughs> part of um, the mandate for this $18 million website is that it has to be accessible to the blind, which, by the way, is a very difficult thing to do. 
because uh, typically you start out with a with a website and then you know you create something and then all of a sudden you get a lot of emails and people saying, "Hey man, you know it seems like you're doing something really cool, but my screen reader can't uh, can't parse it." And then you have to go back and re-engineer stuff, and it's 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 a huge it's a huge pain. It's difficult because it's of very the newer, difficult. mainly because of things like Ajax and Java and all yeah, those. Oh things. yeah, oh it's yeah, very oh, difficult yeah. to make these. In right. the olden days, with straight HTML, it was doable. Yeah. Now okay. it's impossible. All right. So you're at recovery.gov. Everyone in the chat room, play along. You'll love this. Now go to contact us, which is uh, the menu bar at the top, and you click it, and then you get a, a page. And on the, are you there? Well, wait a minute. I get I get a menu. It says report fraud. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, click on report fraud, waste, and abuse. And you'll come to uh, a page that says uh, blah, 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 blah. Here, One of the core missions of the recovery board is to prevent fraud, waste, and mismanagement of recovery funds, which would be the use of the $18 million for this freaking website. So it says submit a complaint form electronically. Do you see that link? Yeah. Click on the link. Okay. Now there's a yeah, complaint, I see the complaint form. form. Okay. Now, it says complaint form. Right. Now, if you go all the way down to the bottom, there is a CAPTCHA box. And CAPTCHAs, of course, are meant so that people don't spam this form and they want to make sure there's an actual human being on the other end. Yeah. Now, of course, it's uh, mine says I have two words, Conover and then capital S-T. And yeah, you should type those two words. West right. Something. Can't so for $18 million, if you are blind or visually impaired... You will then click on the little speaker. Right, get listen, an audio challenge. Listen says. to this. Here Please type every word you hear with a space between each word. Don't worry if you have trouble with some words. Just enter your best guess. Oh, now listen to you. Now speed doesn't fit into this picture. I wouldn't... Once again, the words are... Oh, now listen to you. Now speed doesn't fit into this picture. I wouldn't... These are like what? movie quotes. I know. Well, and I'll refresh it, and there's a new movie quote. Listen, I'm going to get... Every word you hear yeah, with a space between each word. A new one. Don't worry if you have trouble with some words. Just enter your best guess. And see if you're still willing to join our force. Once again, the words are... <laughs> and see if you're still willing to join our force. Every single time, it's like a movie quote that you can't understand. And you're, and you're supposed to like type all those words in if you're blind? Unbelievable. Wait, let me do it again. Let's get another Please one. Please type every word you hear with a space between each word. Don't worry if you have trouble with some words. Just enter your best guess. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> Please enter your like best guess. Phone. It's not even stopping. <laughs> Once again, the words are. This is absolutely pathetic. So I can't even complain about the complaint that I have because I can't get the capture right. Listen to this. This I, I, is the Vic Kundra, by the way. Yes, I could play. The, this is tree logic. I could play this all day. Here, let's Don't do one more. If you have trouble with some words, just enter your best guess. I like to fly in the real China Clipper. The real Clipper. Once again, <laughs> the, the words fuck? are. I like to fly in the real China Clipper. The real Clipper. The real Clipper. <laughs> I mean, this is eighteen million dollars for this. 
This is unbelievable. Now, I, I, you know, by the way, you you win today's show. Admittedly, this is a plug-in from reCAPTCHA, you know, so it's not necessarily um, an issue with uh, recovery.gov. It's, it's no, a, but it's come a third-party on. service, I mean, this but jeez Louise. This is crazy. That just, it's beyond pathetic. But that's our government at work. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you'd like that. Yeah. It's it's because of the binary. So on the, uh, on the big uh, news radar. This is a form of skip jumping. (laughs) Tree logic. Cobol. It works like a charm. Vivek Kundra, you fraud. I mean, doesn't anyone test this stuff? Don't they have QA? I bet you there was like five million bucks in the budget for QA. No doubt about it. Or something. Uh, so here's here's what just like just like all of a sudden it was there, and you know, and now of course we're talking about vajazzling, but uh, the beauty the beauty bomber <laughs> pleaded guilty. Uh, did you see any of this, John? I don't know anything about the beauty bomber. What, are you kidding me? This is no. the, oh my god! This is the this is the guy who was a, a like a driver, like a minivan driver in Colorado, and he was caught on uh, on camera. Oh, that guy, and that yeah, and they were going to blow up the New York subway system. Yeah, and he so he pleaded guilty to three counts: conspiring to use weapons of mass destruction, conspiracy to commit murder in a foreign country, and providing material to support a terrorist organization. Now there was a there was a plea bargain. The de- details of which were sealed for some unbelievable reason. And the guy just admitted immediately, this doesn't sound like Al-Qaeda. What happened to the, you know, he's like, yep, I did it. I did it. <laughs> the whole thing is He's like, what? What? It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. And then Eric Holder comes out and like, well, you know, he was going to, everyone would have been blown up. We would be killed. It would be horrible. And we got him. And just in time to renew the three expiring provisions of the Patriot Act. Oh, you think there's a coincidence? Well, we, yeah, we already uh, pegged that. I think not. We already pegged that, pegged that as this was what it was going to be used for. But I mean, it makes no sense. And of course, his family was in the courtroom, so they probably like you know threatened to crush his kids' nuts or something, <laughs> which seems to be on par for the course. But it's just like, wow, this is unbelievable. And you didn't even hear about it? No, I did hear about it. In fact, I just don't. I, the, the thing that didn't connect with me is beauty bomber. Yeah, he was the guy who they you know, and he says, well, he was trained here. He said he learned how to make explosives at the camp. In, uh, where was he? Uh, in Pakistan, northwest Pakistan, and emailed himself bomb making instructions. So, wh- wh- what you're telling me. Why did he have to do that? <laughs> I know. So, what they're telling me is that he has to go to northwest Pakistan and they, and they then tell him, okay, here's the instructions. Email them to yourself in case you forget. You have to go to the beauty supply shop and you have to go get uh, peroxide. It just makes no sense. Yeah, to say the least. All right. I, okay, so I've got... Uh, we'll let that one go. Uh, I think I found a... You know how we our theory is that the networks are run by one organization. We can't really figure out who... And, and there may be actually competitive uh, uh, 
organizations that work telling, trying to set us up for certain kinds of things in the future. And one of the things that I've noticed is that the Republicans don't have a candidate besides Sarah Palin. And with the, at the CPAC meeting, as we noted last week, it turns out that most of the conservatives that actually showed up for the thing wanted Ron Paul, and we can't have that. Just explain CPAC again for uh, our the Conservative uh, Political Action uh, uh, Committee Convention. Convention. Every year they have it, and all everybody goes there to speak, and all the conservatives, you know, whatever. It's basically form. like a pep rally for Republicans. For conservative Republicans in yeah, particular. Yeah, but, you know, it's hard for people outside of the United States. To, it's hard for Americans to understand what a conservative is. Right. So anyway, so, they, so they're trying. So there's this battle going on because Mitt Romney looks like the leading candidate. Sarah Palin is not getting any traction, even though I think they want to run her so she can lose. Uh, and then uh, you have Ron Paul, which they do not want to even talk about. Yeah, and he got 30 percent. He got the magic number, 30 percent of the votes. Yeah. And uh, everybody else is way down. So I'm thinking, well, you know, what what else can they try and what could maybe one of the, you know, at least one of the power broking families, one of the, you know, first families of the U.S., one of the monarch. Uh, oh, don't tell me it's going to be Cheney. No, Cheney's too sick. He just had a heart. No, no, no. I mean, Liz, Liz Cheney. Oh, no, Liz Cheney. I think she's she's on, Liz Cheney's on the schedule. But this one here is the uh, is the real agenda, uh, and it's expressed by Chris Matthews. And listen to the way he handles somebody who comes up with another name that's obviously not on the agenda. Where Republicans go next, and Jeb Bush very much does not want Republicans to go in the direction of Charlie Crist toward the center. He wants to sort of preserve a very strong conservative party. So I think he's trying to influence that debate, and part of that influencing is, of course. So the name is Jeb Bush. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, yeah. It, of all the people in the world, of all the people in America, we have to go back to that family again. Of course, uh, you know, criticizing Obama and suggesting a more conservative alternative to Obama. Let me think of this in personal terms, Alex. It seems to me that, that a common sense person will say that Sarah Palin's unprepared to be president at this point, will probably be unprepared in two years, given she won't have any more public government experience in that time. Uh, she quit the governorship of Alaska. She's very attractive in terms of her campaigning ability, but not any, no, no strength as a governing uh, record. And you got Jeb Bush, who may have strength as a governing record, but not a great campaigner. There is an opening in the center right of the Republican Party between Palin being perhaps on the irresponsible right, you might argue, or certainly the center might argue, and the other guy, Mitt Romney, being too responsible. You may want somebody with some racing stripes. Somebody looks exciting out there. What about Jeb Bush coming back in, seizing the opportunity, mounting the galloping horse of history here, and running against Barack Obama next time? Well, sure. I think you've heard, Chris, in the last couple of days uh, this sort of groundswell of interest in Indiana Governor Mitch Daniels, who sort of fits a similar profile to one that you're talking about with Jeb Bush, a uh, very conservative, a uh, very policy-oriented, uh, sort of a friendly, happy face. Uh, but Bush Bush would be uh, just a rock star in a way that Daniels oh. would not. Uh, and so if he uh, is... It, oh, man. That's unbelievable. We've had 30 years of Bush Clinton. But 40 we, years almost. Play the rest of it, and then you can see what... You know, before you play the rest of it, you got to remember, this: the, the comment that you're about to hear is coming from a guy with the name Chris... Matthews talking about a guy named Daniels as though 
Well, you'd play it. If Why don't you bring up Mitch Daniels? It's boring me already. <laughs> it's boring me. The very name of Mitch Daniels sounds boring. We'll be right well, back with Alex Burns. I'm sorry, Alex Burns sounds fine to me. Perry Bacon sounds. Mitch Daniels, give me a break. You have- oh yeah. So and you know what? He's right though. It's like it doesn't. You know that's how we choose presidents. That have an exciting name like Obama. Oh, that's novel. Ooh, oh, that's Mitch really good. Sends oh. a tingle up my leg. Oh, that's lovely. Speaking of. Uh, Obama. So anyway, I want everyone to stay on the lookout for this one. Yeah, that's a definite meme. Well, you know, and 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 I think that we've proven time and time again that all of the news media is run by the same group. And uh, so Fox News is no different. It's just giving you something to, you know, like a left-right. You know, it's like, oh, right, these guys are against those guys. Yeah, it's, it's, and, and they're run by the same group, which we think is pretty much the same people who are just the Democrats. And people, people always go nuts when I say that. I say, what? The Democrats? No, this is run by the Republicans. No, no, it's the same. It's the same people. Um, here's one that blew me away. Have you seen the new logo for our missile defense agency, John? Are you sure this is a real logo or a part of a contest? Go to www.mda.mil. Okay. Hold on. The Missile Defense Agency, and look at the... www.mwhatmda.mil. Yeah, Mike Delta Alpha, the Missile Defense Agency, and tell me what you... It's an Obama logo. No, but look at it. Look at it. What do you see? I see an Obama logo, but I also see some missile going and blowing something. Oh, I also see a a half moon at a Muslim... Thank you. A Muslim crescent moon. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's got a Muslim quality, an Obama quality, and yeah, I don't know what the other thing. But it, you're right; it's probably more Muslim than anything. I mean, it is exactly the crescent but moon. The bomb John. is hitting into the moon. Into, into the moon. I know attack. it's hitting right into the crescent moon. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, very interesting. This stuff is that's not. Co- that's harsh. Yeah, and this stuff is not coincidental. Signs and logos and words matter. Okay, it matters. This is very this is good, powerful stuff. This is stuff. catch number two for you. This is quite good. I wish I could take credit Although for all of this. Although the jazzling thing is going to be the real meme here. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for it, but I really have to thank our our producers who have been outstanding this past week. I mean, just absolutely outstanding in in sending all kinds of amazing things to listen to. Including uh, and, the, the, the wiener clip. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's too long to play that. I put it in the show notes where he basically goes before. Uh... Oh, you can play the beginning of it. Um. OK, well, so why don't you set it up while I look for it? I know uh, I, I sent you the link. Oh, right. Oh, you sent it on Skype. Yeah. OK, here it is. This is the one that I guess. Yeah, here yep. it is. Yep. You know, you, you got a lot of these Republicans. I mean, you guys. Now, Anthony Weiner, I interviewed as a part of a CNN special series in, I think, 19, whoa, I want to say 92, when he was a councilman in Brooklyn. And he is Chuck Schumer's boy. I mean, completely his boy. In fact, I had to go interview Chuck Schumer after that. And I was pretty unprepared to speak to a Ch- uh, Chuck Schumer. And he, he like. Basically, just said, get the fuck out of my office. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Of course, in 92, I didn't. I was like, uh, what's your favorite Whitesnake video? Um, boy, I wish I'd had the opportunity now. 
But he was totally Chuck Schumer's boy, and he was being groomed. All he was just sitting there, just waiting, just waiting to be to be shot up the ladder. And now he's been a senator for what? For like two terms? The guy's been around for a number of years. And here Do he you is. know that he was John Stewart's roommate? Yeah, yeah, they're best friends. He was on John Stewart's and, show the other and day. And if you listen to his material he's on this, sa- yeah, oh yeah, totally sounds John Stewart, exactly like John Stewart, totally. Have chutzpah. There, you, the Republican Party is a wholly owned subsidiary of an insurance industry. That's the fact. They say that, well, this isn't going to do enough, but when we propose an alternative to provide competition, they're against it. They say that, well, we want to strengthen state insurance commissioners and they'll do the job. But when we did that in our national health care bill, they said, we're against it. They said they want to have competition, and when we proposed requiring competition, the Republicans are against it. They are a wholly owned subsidiary of the insurance industry. That's the fact. And Mr. now Speaker, they stand Mr. up Speaker, and say that... Mr. Speaker, I ask the gentleman words be taken down. So he goes through that a couple of times, and then he comes back and he says... By the way, I think he's a congressman, not a senator. Yeah, that's a congressman. Yeah, my mistake. Um... You know what? I think this guy is owned. You think what? I think he's owned. I think someone owns him. Oh, Chuck totally. Schumer for he's sure. He's totally owned. Yeah. Which is the first thing a guy is owned would do is point to his, you know, use this analogy, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just like, you know, the uh you know, the creeps that are the pedophiles, you they're always like, "Oh, let's pass some more oh, laws." Oh man. Oh man. They put me on the on the judicial thing so I can look at these things and see yeah. if it's pedophilia. So I have like three things that are coming together, and I've put a couple of links in the show notes, noagendashow.com. So just to reiterate, I had a radio show in the Netherlands just a little bit before we started No Agenda, and I had a guy on called Micha Kut. Oops, I just lost John. You know what? The minute we start to talk about the pedophiles in government, that's when they cut off the damn show. So, you know, John, you can set your watch by it. The minute we start to talk about the pedophiles in government, the stream goes down. I'm telling you, it happens every single time. Whenever I start into this topic, the stream is cut off immediately. It happens every single time. This is not a coincidence. Are you still there? Yeah, no, I'm I'm still here. Okay, but so, I'm also noticing the non coincidence of the fact that we're always discussing some, something controversial, and it always seems to be exactly forty five minutes into the show when the stream goes down. I think it's a timer. Mm, no, I don't think so. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter because we're back on apparently, and everyone can hear us. So I had this guy on who was investigating the Secretary General of the Netherlands, uh, who was an admitted pedophile. And who is, you know, the whole justice system is corrupt. They're all being blackmailed. Uh, Turkey is blackmailing them. You know, they all go to these, like, crazy uh, places called, like, the Pinocchio Bar. Um, where is that? It's like, uh, what country is that in? Like, the, the, the lawyer representing this guy, he has a company, a BV, which is the equivalent of, a, of an ink. And it's called the Pinocchio BV. I mean, it doesn't get any crazier with these guys. So now I come across uh, two stories. Uh, one which I want to thank uh, our Australian uh, producers for. Because uh, they got it off of uh, ABC. It was, it was just aired on the 22nd. And a lot of people uh, ripped it for me. And, it, and I can't put a link up in the show notes because it's copyrighted. 
but if you just look through uh, tweets to at Adam Curry, then you'll be able to find links to uh, to online uh, hosted recordings of it. It's called The Warlord's Tune. And I think in a way it was a hit piece against Afghanistan to make us feel uh, like we're justified for being in there. But it, what it really showed is what happens when you have a corrupt government uh, filled with uh, pedophiles and what really can take place. Because essentially this is a documentary about how there's these 13... Now what government are we talking about? Afghanistan government. About these 13 and 14-year-old boys who are uh, put into something called bachibazi. Which means play, which is, I think, uh, I think the tra- rough translation is playing with boys. And what happens is they're trained to dance and dress up as girls. And then they dance for all these, all these men and they make them all really hot and bothered. And then, uh, they're, you know, prostituted out. And then a lot of them get killed in bizarre sex uh, games, etc. And this is an amazing documentary. Uh, obviously disturbing to watch, but uh, I, I recommend you watch it. And the, you know, so a lot of it is about how how they get lured in, and because yeah, because their families pimp them out for money, whatever. But the main thing is, this of course is against the law; it's against morality. Um, uh, but the, the the people who are supposed to stop it, the police and high ranking government officials, are actually in the audience and are taking these boys and abusing them. So then there's this case in Scotland which also involves uh, high-ranking officials, sheriffs. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. There was this uh, uh, a young girl with Down syndrome. Have you heard about this uh, case, No, John? no, go on. Oh, my God. This, it's, it's amazing. I'm, uh, you kind of caught me off guard, so I'm looking for the link now. Because um, I want to get her name, but you'll find it in the show notes. at uh, Here it is. Noagendashow.com. So this girl's name, by the way, the video is, of course, gone from this site. Um, Robert Green is a reporter, and he really dove into this shocking ordeal of a girl with Down syndrome. Her name is Holly Gregg, G-R-E-I-G, in Aberdeen. So what happens is um, there's a, a family breakup between the, there's like, she has a brother and then, uh, and her dad and her mom and her dad and her mom get a divorce. And so uh, her mom takes, uh, Holly, this girl with down syndrome. I'm really paraphrasing the story here, but you know, the, if we can find that video again, which seems to be taken down, uh, then you can see Robert Green talking about it. I'm sure there's a copy somewhere. Um, uh, and they said, okay, we're going to go live somewhere else. And this girl, this girl with Down syndrome starts to go nuts. She's like, no, 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 because daddy will kill Max. Daddy will kill Max. Max is the family dog. And I said, well, what are you talking about? So anyway, what happens is this girl then finally comes out and tells her mom that her dad and her brother have been abusing her for, for like 15 years because and under the guise of if you tell mommy, we're going to kill Max and kill mommy. And been sexually abusing her. Well, wait, but with uh, high-ranking officials in the UK government, uh, of course, in the Aberdeen's, uh, Aberdeen Scottish uh, fraction. Um, whoa, what is that? Plane, uh, they're, they're coming to get me. Black helicopters. Um, like, but we're talking like 15, 20 people. And, and um, the mother's brother actually discovered this, walked in on this girl's father raping her 
And they killed the guy and burned him in the desert. And of course, it was deemed a suicide, you know. And then they do another autopsy. It turns out, you know, he had a busted skull. You know, it's like, yeah, he broke his skull, then set his set himself on fire in the car. And this is uh, no mainstream media has touched this story whatsoever, and and mainly because it's all these powerful government people who are up there in the top suppressing this because they are sick fucks. They are sick. Sick, I tell you. It's unbelievable. And the, luckily, the uh, the story is still um, available on the website. But you will not see this in mainstream news. But you have to read this. So Google uh, Holly, H-O-L-L-I-E, Greg, G-R-E-I-G. It will blow your mind. And, and I, I'm telling you that this is the biggest secret but what is happening is, and John, you, you and I have discussed this before, people in places of power, they go crazy and they get into weird sex stuff and, you know, pedophile, pedophilia is, I, I think, basically passed on from one, you know, if you're abused, there's a high likelihood you're going to abuse someone down the line and it just keeps on growing and it's been going on for decades and this is rampant rampant throughout politics goes right back to the franklin cover-up which involved president bush senior and the boys town of america i mean you've we've got to look into this stuff i ha- i have to say i can't dive into it too deep because it, it, it i would wind up you know obviously with uh, burned in, in the desert buried yeah two to the head and we have other things to you know we have other fish to fry But make no mistake, and what happens is when these people engage in these activities, they become blackmailable. They're like, oh, you're not going to do this for me? You're not going to vote this way? Well, maybe we should let this leak out. And by the way, the number one way that people who try to expose this stuff, the number one way they try to shut you up is by accusing you of pedophilia. Oh yeah, or plant, you know, there's a, you know, or planting stuff. I mean, there's all these kinds of. There's a crazy case floating around. There's a bunch of them actually. These guys. Next thing you know, they're whistleblowers. Next thing you know, somehow they're pedophilia. Yeah, which is a, which is one of the more interesting things to do because you can because you you never get to see the evidence. Ever. You never get to see the evidence. You go into a court, the, the judge, I don't know who looks at the, at the supposed stuff that you have on your machine, which, you know, could, could get there in a number of different ways. Some guy just, there was a case recently where a guy tried to use, there was, you know, he was a, he had a, a Trojan horse and somebody was planting stuff on his machine and they had an expert come out and say, because you can tell whether files have been opened and how many times and what was the last date and all the rest of it, depending on the way that things are tagged, especially on a PC that has a lot of data in the header. And apparently somebody came out, some expert came out. I, I don't have the name of this case in front of me, but uh, some I wanted to discuss some, at some point. Expert can so these files were never opened by the owner of the computer, and the judge says, ah, this is bull, you know, you're done, and then told the expert witness, uh, and I've been an expert witness a few times, it's rare to find uh, the situation occur, because you, and then the judge apparently said, when he gave closing arguments, the judge walked off the bench, he says, you guys could do your closing arguments, I had to go back in the back room, and apparently he was involved in some canasta game, or a secretary was, <laughs> and then he came out and just found the guy guilty and threw him in the slammer for six years. And yeah, the, uh, this uh, this Robert Green guy, uh, the reporter, got arrested. Of course, you know that's the first thing they do is arrest you. Um, and this goes also to Siebel Edmonds. We discussed this on the show uh, maybe two months ago, John. Uh, she was um, 
a former uh, translator for the FBI, and she exposed this huge uh, spy ring, which includes uh, Dennis Hastert, Bob Livingston, um, let me get some other big names, uh, Paul Wolfowitz, Mark Grossman, and there's sex in that as well, as, as you have this, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Jan something or other, here he is. Um, Jan Schakowsky. She was involved in this as well, as well but uh, they blackmailed her having lesbian sex in some uh, townhouse that they, you know, they basically all shared amongst themselves with a, with, you know, with a spy. It's, it's, it's all around sex. It's all, it all revolves around sex. And I'm nothing against lesbian sex, of course. Please. Um... But when, but you know, but when it when it involves pedophilia, this is huge. You know, it's really, really big. And and this is you and countries. I believe that that Turkey is blackmailing the Netherlands and getting the Netherlands to throw people in jail, political uh, dissidents, if you will, by saying, "Hey, if you don't throw that guy in jail, uh, well, then uh, I'm sorry. We're just going to have to expose you for the pedophile you are." So this is why you don't have that radio show anymore. Oh yeah, no. So that yeah. So they uh, the financiers pulled out. The station was off the air. License revoked within six weeks. Have you discussing this? Yes, within six weeks. And by the way, this is the reason why when people are listening to this show, this is the reason we have to have your donations. Somebody pointed out that we're moaning and groaning about, ah, you guys are begging for money too much. And you guys, and he says, it was one of these crazy, it's almost like a, one of those jokes where, you know, the portions are so, you know, the, the food is terrible, but the, and the portions are so small, you know, kind of a gag. Yeah. The guy says, you know, you, you're, you're begging for money, you're begging for money too much. You, you guys suck. And besides that, you can, you know, you can never get a sponsor for that show of yours because you're and he went on and on with reasons we can never get a sponsor and and that was probably true because you know sponsors can't be associated with this kind of revelation absolutely and you know what i am proud and it warms my heart to see uh producers from all across gitmo nation from every corner of the world except india no, actually, we ever since my rant last week, I've got two Indians that okay. chimed in. Oh, good. Oh, but are they donating? Are they donating? Okay, good. Yeah, and they're small, but you know. No, it doesn't matter. I, mean, I hear those Indians are small. And by the way, one of our friend, uh, Mr. Rue, the Frenchman, uh, chimed in and, ch- and chewed me up because he's French and he, uh, you know, is also a very good contributor. He, he's got the port forwarding information. He's a really, you know, a good techie. And he says, you know, the French or uh, I shouldn't be excoriating the French and then I started thinking about it and I realized I probably shouldn't because it's not as though the French wouldn't contribute they don't listen to anything people speaking in English have to say about anything yeah true and by the way what's up with France I mean have you seen uh, Carla Bruni I mean she's clearly a presidential model in the MK Ultra program I mean who else would want to screw Sarkozy the power gnome the Napoleon you know, he's got the most, one of the most beautiful women in the world. Yeah. <gasps> I bet she's for jazzling. <laughs> she probably is for jazzling. <sighs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, it, um, it, I, I guess to, to continue with my, my diatribe is that it warms my heart that people really think you know, they see that it makes a difference. 
Um, I probably get an equal amount of email from people on a on a weekly basis saying, you know, I'm poor. I can't donate. But here's what I did. You know, I've uh, turned people on to the show. Um, I've, uh, you know, I, I, we have a new website, noagendatv.com, which is uh, which is great. Basically, all of the all of the video clips uh, that are mentioned on the show and are in the show notes, you can find at noagendatv.com. That and I'll have a permanent link in uh, in the in the links that rock uh, heading in the show notes. So if you just want to go back and look at some of these videos, which includes all the crap we look at for hours on end from C-SPAN, it's all in there. Um, a lot of young people, college students, uh, who you know, who say, "Hey, you know what? As soon as I get a job, then I will donate," and that and that's great. And we need it. I mean, we and we need a lot of money because look at it. We're doing two shows a week. I've gotten to one tenth of what I'd like to talk about, and inevitably, inevitably, after the show, I'm like, "Oh crap, we didn't get to that." Oh shit, I forgot all about this stuff. Let's I, name a couple of people that gave us some money this week, besides the, the founding producers, which will be immortalized on a permanent page. Um, these are just donations to this show. Uh, the reason I want to read some of these because we're getting a lot. People now have come up across with the idea that they, they're going to get their comments read. I'm, I can't guarantee we're going to read all of them, but let's read a few. Jason Fenwick, we give us 55 bucks. He's a big fan of your mine. Good man, Jason. Uh, loves me on Twitch. Started listening to No Agenda a few weeks ago and love it. As a birthday present to myself, I'm passing along some riches to the show. And uh, he's in uh, Arlington, Virginia, right across the river from Douche Central. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I should have known better. Douche Central in Langley. <laughs> 5150, uh, William Cannonburg, uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. He just wants to po- plug the Pod Trapper podcast program for the Blackberry. Oh, is that uh, does that work? Uh, I'm sure it works with no agenda as well. Oh, yeah, by the way, if, yeah. another way to help us if um, if you know anyone who sets is setting up a stream or a list of links or podcasts or default shows in uh, in one of these programs, recommend no agenda as a default. That helps a lot too. The best thing we can do, as we know that somewhere between one and one and a half percent of the audience that listens actually donates to the show. You know, we, we could we could try and raise that amount, or we can just get more right, listeners. You're always going to get that. Your percentage is always going to be fairly low to people who actually contribute, and that. So the way that we get more money is obviously, which we need to continue doing this, and you know, and to to improve what we do, uh, is to have twice as many listeners, and that's what we're looking for. Right. Matthew Phillips, fifty five, fifty five. He's a student in Dearborn Heights, Michigan, and he says, "Here's some money for a tiny amount of blow and one terrible hooker." Oh, okay. Well, we'll take we'll take a skank. Sorry, I'm <laughs> in school and can't help you out enough with for a lot. Oops. Oh, there we go. Crapola. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, John. Just start that last one over again because like, you dropped out for a second. The Matthew Phillips fifty-five fifty-five. Yeah, do it from there. Okay, Matthew Phillips contributed fifty five fifty five out at Dearborn Heights as a student, and he says, "Here's some money for a tiny amount of blow and one terrible hooker." Sorry, I'm in school and I can't help you out with enough for a lot of blow and a gaggle of great hookers. So here's a kid that's you know got his head screwed on right. Seems like dropped off to the face of the earth. Sorry about that, I. I went to check on something, make sure that the router's okay. This is crazy. 
Um, so am I still am I still on the air? Yeah, you're sounding pretty crappy, but yeah, you're on the air. Okay, uh, let me take a look at my. While you're looking at that, I want to thank Willem Trump, who uh, has been sending me excellent preparatory notes for the show. Uh, it takes me about an hour and a half just to go through his one email that comes in pretty much before every show, uh, the day before. And he actually separates it out by, by the, uh, the headings in the show notes. You know, he has like not good for you, false flag, all this stuff. And he's just an amazing contributor. And that's also highly appreciated. Yeah. We appreciate that, that sort of thing. 50 bucks from Pari uh, Nanapanina, I think is how you pronounce it. He's uh, from India, and he says, Long-time listener of the show, everything you said about us Indians is so true. We Indians are trained from the childhood to be greedy, sometimes to the point of foregoing even basic comforts and some necessities. I know a lot of us earning here in rupees might not be able to donate more than $100, but on the other hand, a $5 monthly donation is not that much if you're a regular listener. Here's $50 for hookers and blow, and so I can uh, call the rest of the non-contributing listeners douchebags. Here we go, everybody. It's your favorite. Douchebag. I don't know. We get some of these memes I question, but we're stuck with them. <laughs> I like Hookers it. Hookers and blow and douchebags seems to be like one of the main ones. Now, I don't know if that turns people off. Maybe that should be our ring, H-A-B. There you go. Uh, $168.88 from William Che, C-H-E, from Douglaston, New York. Uh, I just got my tax refund. This is a little for you both. Uh, he's also got a you know, 16.88 amount contribution. He's Chinese, originally from uh, Taiwan, living in New York City. And he uh, thinks he's maybe the first Taiwanese to give us any money whatsoever. Now we have an interesting donor, Stephen who B-O-E, from Clear Lake, Wisconsin, who just gave, he didn't give a you know our normal mentioning amount thirty three dollars and thirty three cents is what he gave my magic three donation to the stream but this is what's important he's also donating the five dollars monthly and if you need a place to escape he's got a place uh, in the middle of nowhere in rural Wisconsin nice. he's also a ha- he's also a ham radio guy and he set up a low power AM transmitter for the stream on an oddball frequency. Nice. Now, does he have internet out? He must have internet in the shack, right? So it, I would assume so. so we, go to 188 kilohertz when you're driving around the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin <laughs> and see if you can pick this up. Excellent. When it comes to three being the magic number, a note from Dennis Cruz, longtime listener and producer, just to let you know, I gave the first time because I landed a job and I've been saying I would donate the amount of days, a dollar a day. Well, I donated to start the stream. That's one of our special initiatives. Just because a little more than last time, Guess what? I got the job offer I've been waiting for. Propagate the power of the myth. I go on my third interview when they fly me out to visit the company this weekend. Wish me luck. No agenda. It provides jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. I'm telling you, man, this this lucky number three is catching on. Have you seen McDonald's? I have a Flickr link in the show notes. McDonald's now offering a special $3.33. Yeah, somebody at McDonald's listens to our show. Yeah, Ronald. <laughs> Sarab Kalantri, and I think it's pronounced that way, In uh, he's in uh, India also, and he says that uh, I should stop taking a dig at the Indians, even though the Indian guy who triggered all this told me to take digs at the Indians and they'll contribute. But I'm going to stop doing it because now we're getting uh, some people. He, he likes the show. Dusan... Uh, I think it's pre-Saul or Priasol 
uh, from Slovakia, $55, P-R-I-E-S-O-L. Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Warchin, and this is Warchin, is actually, which is spelled W-A-U-R-E-C-H-E-N, pronounced Warchin, uh, from uh, Ontario. Uh, and he gave us 50. Uh, Andrew Chawner, uh, 5432-5432. He says, when I gave to my alma mater, they asked for a priority for the donated funds. No agenda should be the same. Here's the options I, as I see them today. One, hookers. Yay. Two, blow. blow. <laughs> three, hookers and blow. I gave for number three. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? The funny thing is, we are two of the most non-hooker and blow guys you'll ever know. Well, we may have to change our ways if the money keeps coming in. If that's what it'll take, I'll do anything for this show. I, I care about the show. You can't really do a show like this if you're uh, surrounded by hookers and blow. Or if you're surrounded by advertisers. Exactly. That's why we have to mention our advertisers, which are which are is the public. Fifty nine ninety five. Edward Edward Baldwin. Yay, a name I can pronounce in Raleigh, North Carolina. And he says for hookers and blow, and maybe some sushi. Oh, nice. We could eat the sushi off of the hookers. Off the well. hookers. <laughs> <laughs> I have an anonymous donation, uh, $101.01, and, one cents, uh, and uh, I don't know. I, he sent me this to make sure this was mentioned, John, because uh, you may have missed it. Uh, this is from Comrade Liam Alexander, clearly a code name, to Rabbi Bob. Sorry I missed your birthday. You are difficult to shop for, so I figured I'd donate to one of the things we have in common. Please accept this gift with my apologies and gratitude. Oh, that's sweet. It is very sweet. Rabbi Bob from Comrade. Although this is probably all coded messages for the KGB. They're using our show. (laughs) You guys will read anything. And guess who's back? $77.70, Sterling Ellsworth, Santa Barbara, California. Yay! He's Welcome only got back. about 10 more to do or five more to do or three more to do. And he's a night. Mary yeah, by, Ryan. Yeah. By the way, on the, on the night program, you know, you kind of got to keep, keep the tally yourself because, uh, we don't have any staff. And if you've reached uh, your knighthood amount, then uh, you let us know and we'll just, we'll double check obviously. And I have answered the question a couple times to people. If you donate $333 and 33 cents, three times, we'll kick in the penny and you're a knight. You know, uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, that's a deal. Okay, Mary Ryan, and uh, actually, this came from Ireland. Is I think our first Irish uh, donor. No, I don't uh, think so. I think oh, John Wickham and Mary Ryan. I mean, if, if Mary Ryan doesn't sound like a, like a beautiful redheaded Irish girl, I don't know what does. Hey, lassie. He says in the Gitmo Green Isles. Ooh, uh, then we nice. also had uh, Lars Yule Sorensen. L-A-R-S-J-U-E-L Sorensen with that funny O uh, gave us $57 and he is from Haslev, Denmark. And we really appreciate your compression technology. Yes, we do. Uh, And that's it for this week. And we're looking for more donations for the next show, which will be uh, coming up Sunday morning. And so you go to noagendashow.com. You go to Dvorak.org slash N-A. And we also have an ongoing program for people who have already donated for our uh, uh, founding producers for the uh, stream. Yeah, and we, and, we, and we also really appreciate the people who don't get mentioned who donate on the uh, monthly subscription program. Even if you donate a larger amount, this is paramount to the future. It'll take quite a while at the pace we're going, but you know, everyone's working, everyone's trying to, I think we have, uh, 
noagendastickers.com, another website. And I, and by the way, this also, I was talking to Mickey about this. Because of the way the show is done, you guys own it. You're paying for it. You own it. We don't have to worry for a second about copyrights, about who owns the name. It's like if you can register a domain name with no agenda in it and put something up on it, it's great. Maintain it for us, make it work, copy the show, put it on your low-power transmitters, put on your high-power transmitters. This is what makes it so good. This is a totally new paradigm for this type of reality, okay? Because we are bringing you reality. We're an open-source Internet radio show. And I, w- I would even take off the Internet part because it makes, it makes us sound smaller than it is. Yeah, the audience isn't, like, huge, like, major market yet. But we're in a growth industry, that's for sure. There's so many people who are so disillusioned and so sick and tired of the slut squads spilling up your screen. And we just people just want to hear really what's going on, the real stuff. And they love to know about magic numbers. And I have a, uh, so noagendashow.com, Dvorak.org slash NA, or channeldvorak.com slash NA. Uh, this is part of the, uh, uh, this magic number is amazing. People are freaking out over it. You're, you're now, now everyone's seeing it, right? And this number, and by the way, what's the highest degree in Freemasonry? 33rd degree. Um, right. So, we, so any, like, I think you said anybody does 333.33 is going to get the, the best of results. So, uh, so we have this Toyota scandal, which of course is, is so funny. Because well, uh, let's, well, if we're going to go that well, direction, well, well, I have well, a couple before, clips. Well, before you get into it, let me play this clip where the 33 magic number comes into this scandal. Listen uh, to this. Hit it. As God intervened, as the car came very slowly to a stop, I pulled it to the left median. With the car stopped and both feet still on the brake, The motor still revved up and down. At 35 miles an hour, it would not shut off. Finally, at 33 miles per hour, I was able to turn the engine off. Yeah, there you go. It's pre-programmed. 33 miles an hour. What is this? And by the way, and by the way, you're in the car. The accelerator is stuck, but you notice it's 33 miles an hour. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, what would you be? You'd be looking at the road. Yeah, there's something screwy about this whole Toyota thing. They're they're slamming these guys. Now I have a couple of interesting clips. Uh, I have a pre-testimony clip that ran on the news, which was another one of these these sobbing women. Uh, this one, it was you know, made a phone call on. You, you play this pre-testimony clip. Starting tomorrow, the head of Toyota will appear before Congress. By the way, how funny is it that the head of Toyota is named Toyota? Yeah, oh. well, it's because it was named after him. No, no, but, it was, but it's Toyota with a D. With a D, yeah, yeah I know. They, I they changed love that. It. That's awesome. Today, though, lawmakers heard tearful testimony from a driver who says her car sped out of control. I called my husband on the Bluetooth phone system. I knew. I'm sorry. I knew he could not help me, but I wanted to hear his voice one more time. Shame on you, Toyota, for being so greedy. 
Well, she finally stopped the car after six miles. A Toyota executive also testified today. Right behind you. Do you believe that the recall on the on the carpet changes and the recall on the sticky pedal will solve the problem of sudden unintended acceleration? Not totally. What the hell? What the hell is this all about? We don't have congressional testimony for every recall. No, well, here's you want to, now. Here's what I, the part I want to get into. Not only do we have this ridiculous t- testimony, which I listened to, by the way, almost all of it, and it is borderline pathetic. And the worst part is that the, one of the chairmen they keep rotating in and out of who's going to be the chairman for. Yeah, any they have the, like the sales guy for Toyota USA on the stand, Eleanor Holmes Norton, who is the congresswoman from D.C. Is an out and out. Besides being a jerk, she is an idiot. Wait, can we call her a douchebag? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> okay. So let's play a couple of clips with her uh, grilling Toyota. And uh, first of all, the first clip is that they explain. Well, hold on, John. Could I just stop you for a second? I would like to go back and explain. We have two theories about why this is taking place. If you would give your theory first, please. My theory is that the whole thing has to do with the uh, United Auto Workers uh, muscling the Obama administration to get these damn Toyota plants. So the Toyota car is a be- one of the best cars in the world, despite this issue, uh, which Steve Wozniak believes is a software problem, and I am in agreement with him. But they, they, all their, their facilities, they're all over the place, uh, mostly in the south, uh, southern states, are all non-union. And I believe that this has to do with a uh, with them trying to uh, unionize the Toyota factories here in the U.S. There's also a new and I have a new addition to that, which I believe also this is to strong arm Toyota to keeping the Numi plant in Fremont open. And then there's uh, two more. One, of course, the uh, the United States government pretty much owns General Motors, so it's a competitor. Um so that could be one. But my theory, which I still stand by, is that now that Japan has moved ahead of China as the largest holder of U.S. debt, this is a warning saying, do not mess with us. We will bring your ass down to its knees. And we're still on the lookout for this for recalls for Honda. There was apparently a recall in the United Kingdom of 300,000 cars for Honda. That doesn't count. It has to be a U.S. recall. It's on its way. And that's my theory. Now I like that theory too. And uh, of course, the, that theory doesn't show up in the in the memos. They're, they're, one of the things discussed in these hearings is some secret memo that got revealed, where Toyota says they were very concerned about the U.S. owning General Motors, and it could become a problem uh, because the government, you know, because a competitive problem. And they got grilled about this. Uh, one Republican congressman actually brought out issues in the memo. We can't, I can't play all this stuff. This was hours and hours of material. I'm trying to summarize some of it. I only going to play the Holmes Norton stuff because she's such a jerk. But anyway, the Republicans came out and kind of says, "Is this about the, you know?" They started asking poignant questions uh, about to these executives. There's the Toyota himself, and then the North American uh, COO that runs the North American, who's Japanese and can barely speak English, yet, yet he's here. And by the way, the Japanese deserve a little. Uh, 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 condemnation for their normal practice of like install instead of finding a Japanese American that speaks fluent Japanese and good English they won't do that they have to bring their you know the the 
people from Japan over because they're always so afraid that you know Americans will contaminate their culture that they can't really have too many Americans. They, they'll put Americans into a company early on, and this happens in high tech all the time. And there's actually a term for this. I'll mention it, and anyone who's been in the business will know this. A Japanese company will set up shop in the U.S. They'll have a bunch of Americans running it, and there's, then there's a thing called the death buses, which show up, and everybody knows what they are, filled with Japanese nationals. They fire all the Americans, and the whole place is now run by Japanese nationals who they're trying and who they try to keep isolated because the Japanese are scared to death that we're going to contaminate their closed culture. So we have an, a, basically an illiterate guy up at the talking, and, there, and that comes into play in the second clip that I have. The first clip, which, uh, which I'm going to set up, is essentially uh, there's a convoluted question that was asked, and the, the Toyota person, Mr. Toyota, who just took over the job, by the way, in November, so he doesn't know anything. But that's okay. Let's bring him up and humiliate him. Uh, he says that uh, the... That when there's a problem that can't be uh, uh, duplicated, in other words, you can't reconstruct, you can't create this problem. It's something that just happens. It's intermittent. It's the worst thing that can happen in electronics. You know, yeah, it's, something it's not, not reproducible. It's non-reproducible. And so he's saying we're, we're, the problem that we have is it's non-reproducible. When people complain about it, we can't make it happen again. And so, they were, so we're working on it. We're trying everything we can. And so and his translator, by the way, is also a natural, a, a, a Japanese national, can barely speak English. Uh, she is a She's just finishing the translation when this clip comes into play. And this woman, Eleanor Holmes Norton, doesn't conceptualize this in the least. And she just excoriates them with the, with the oh, just play this. This is, this is the clip number one. The similar phenomenon uh, is likely to continue into the future. How much possibility there is for the same uh, phenomenon to spread to other uh, areas or other cars is another aspect that is investigated. So uh, I will say that I will accelerate that process of uh, following these three steps further into the future. But with respect to the reproducing, uh, reproducibility or duplication of those phenomena, we have been very, working very hard within Toyota to do exactly that. But even with the best efforts made, there are cases that cannot be or that has not been reproduced. So going forward, uh, we'll enhance the transparency of the process of us working very hard to reproduce and trying to identify those causes, uh, sometimes seeking cooperation from the authorities concerned. And we intend to lead uh, our efforts in this area in the manner that our efforts itself will lead to the improvement of the vehicles of the entire industry. I'm going to go on with my questions. I just want to make sure you're not blaming the victims. The customers reported. We you, understand. You, uh, 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 the customers reported. Let's not right. say you know we want to hear our customers. The fault does not lie with the customers. You can bet your bottom dollar that the first time there was un unintended acceleration, that's about everybody's horror. You can bet your bottom dollar. You know, this is interesting. I just wanted to mention, I remember when I was a little boy, uh, my mom, uh, who drove, drove uh, the kids around a lot, she, and somehow it just sticks in my mind and it keeps popping up, she would always say, when you have your license, if your accelerator gets stuck, apparently this, this is something that I guess maybe happened back in the 50s or there was, some, you know, there was something, because my mom wouldn't just come up with that by herself. Oh, fuck, I wish I could ask her. Um, she said, you have to immediately turn off the ignition key. 
And that's how you solve that problem. Was there ever any, anything like this before, John, and maybe in the 50s that you could recall? Well, when I have a, if I have that situation, which actually did happen in my Lexus once, I, I stomp on the accelerator to accelerate further, and then it stops, uh, which is kind of a, a, a counterintuitive, but it seems to work. But it, it, this, is not, this is not doable uh, in a Prius, for example, because the Prius is 100% electronic, and there's a button you push to start it. Right. And what you have to do with a oh, Prius... Oh, right. You can't... You, the, but you can't it? turn off the ignition, so oh. which I think is a mistake in engineering, personally. Yeah. So what you have to do with a Prius or any of these cars with electronic, uh, at least with the Toyotas, is you have to push the start button and hold it down for like I think five seconds or something like. You just hold it down, and then it will kill the engine. But you know nobody knows this because nobody ever is ever told to do this, and so. Uh, but you can't just poke it. You have to hold it down, and it will kill the engine. So. Supposedly, let's continue with uh, with this clip. Now, wait. Let's, let's stop, stop before we continue and mention the fact that there was nothing about them ignoring or anything else. That this woman is this this congresswoman just went off the deep end with "You can bet your bottom dollar it's troubling." You can bet your bottom dollar, you know. I, which, and I can't imagine what these Japanese excuse, are thinking. Excuse when, me. Excuse me. This proves my theory. When she says, you can bet your bottom dollar, she is clearly referring to the trillions of dollars of debt that they own. You can bet. She's not saying yen. She's not saying shekels. I, I like the theory, but I think it's just a phrase she uses continuously. But that's yeah. a good one. Words, let her finish because matter. you can see that she doesn't give a crap what anybody has to say. You can bet your bottom dollar that that customer reported that. Your answer, which goes to, we'll see if this is duplicated, is in some ways very troublesome. Because that is such a serious uh, problem that once it is reported one time, it seems to me you have got a huge problem on your uh, on your hands. And you seem to be saying, well, if we hear, hear it en enough... Then we'll know we ought to do something about it. That's very true. You know what this bitch is doing? And I'm just going to call her a bitch. We need a bitch uh, sound effect. You know, you know what she's doing? This is, and I see this so many times. This is like something that, of course, is being trumped up. That's like, oh, you know, I don't know how many people have died f from stuck accelerators. But, you know, it's not like as many people uh, that die from, like, uh, swine flu. Uh, or 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 die in the bathroom from falling or, down, or die in normal accidents. Yeah, but exactly. Seatbelt related, whatever it is. She's grandstanding. She's up there, and she's you know, and she's like trying to be one of the people. It's like, bleh. get on and do something important. Awesome. Well, uh, what we said in our testimony and other many other times, customer first is a thing that we, you know, we have been doing, but we would have to make more focus on the customer concerns and complaints. And for that matter, I think we also work closer with uh, TSA, NHTSA, so that when they receive the customer complaints, we'd like to know more about it. And then also, uh, some of the information has been, uh, will be sort of open to us, including VIN number, so that we can trace back uh, each one of the customers. As I said, the SWAT team could do that. So we are trying uh, uh, very hard to really put the word customer first. This is like wasting my time again. Keep playing. That, that's it. It ended. 
Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we could have cut that last part off. Well, anyway, the point is that this guy is not a very, you know, he's not, in fact, the second clip, which I'm going to bore you with further, uh, is even more weird because this woman uh, first admits that she has a, a, a Toyota. And I think American Congress people should be driving American brands personally. Just but, a okay. thought. Just a thought. You know, you'd think. But she says that she wanted to drive a uh, – her story is that she wanted to drive – this is the way this plays out. Uh, she wanted to drive a hybrid, and she couldn't find an American one that she could get, so she bought a Camry hybrid. She couldn't find an American one, that, she, and so she had to buy this car. Why she had to buy a, a hybrid is beyond me, but she had to, so she did. And she's worried sick that, and she wants a guarantee that there's never going to be a recall of it, so she asked that. And then she said, the guy that this inarticulate Japanese COO says, uh, by the way, uh, the to Toyota Camry is an American car. It's made in the United States. So you did get an American car. She says, oh, so now you're going to blame the Americans for the problem? Is that in this clip? It's unbelievable. Uh, first, let me say to you, I'm going to ask you a question that I think uh, every American who has a Toyota would want me to ask. Yeah, yeah, and as you know, I'm representing the entire United States right now. We're Americans. That's apostrophe American. And I can ask this because it's personal as well as congressional. I drive a Camry hybrid. I switched to Toyota very reluctantly because I, Toyota. I wanted to buy an American car. And the Americans were not making hybrids almost at all or were so few that I went straight away to Toyota. Why? I didn't ask how much it cost. Because I was rich. I was relying on this extraordinary reputation oh. for quality and safety that had been built over uh, generations. So I ask you, Mr. Toyota, uh, is there any chance that the Camry hybrid will be recalled? What kind of an asinine question is that? It's and crazy. Now she only cares about herself. Apparently, I, my car. Don't rec do I really have to play this? This is driving me nuts. No, you have to play it because you're going to miss the best part. For any reason, <laughs> there's a translator going. All right, that bitch. Here's what she said. Listen up. <laughs> I'd she like to get that yeah, conversation. Funny, right? First of all, let me step in. First of all, Chairman, uh, you are driving American car. It is. It's got Mr. Toyota's name on it. <laughs> That's right. You don't want to claim it anymore? Uh, and then we all have to laugh because now she's doing stand-up. You are disclaiming the car. No, no. I think it is an American. It was the American's fault. No, 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 no. Please. Healthier. And okay, that's good enough. Yeah, it, it, this is ridiculous. This whole thing is a, it's a, it's just another distraction. He jumps all over this guy who who tries to explain that it's an American carb and so she, what she it's her fault for this thing going south and she's oh you're gonna you're trying to disclaim the car you're blaming the Americans for the problem she what she wanted to really say although she's as inarticulate as the Japanese guy she says she wanted to buy an American brand 
She did buy an American car, and she doesn't seem to have that realization. As far as she's concerned, it's a Japanese car because it's got the Toyota name on it, you know, which is bogus because it's made in the U.S. All of, except for the Lexuses, um, all the Toyotas, all the Toyotas you buy are made here. Anyway, I just found the whole thing obnoxious. Yeah. Oh, it is. And they're just grilling these two idiots, and it's accomplishing absolutely nothing. It's a complete waste of everybody's time, as you suggested when you when I put these clips out there. Yeah, it is. I, and I appreciate it. That's uh, five minutes of my life I'll never get back again. Yeah, Thanks. yeah. Just, let's make a tape of this. I got it. Somebody out there, make a copy of Adam saying that's five minutes of my life I'll never get back, <laughs> and we'll make it into a jingle. Douchebag. Hey, um... The government can uh, now, of course, monitor your location all day, every day, without imp- uh, implicating or infringing on your Fourth Amendment rights. This is something that's been uh, talked about, but of course well, not. it's about on... time. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, I guess, uh, case now playing out. Uh, in the matter of the application of the United States of America for an order directing a provider of electronic communication service to disclose records to the government. So uh, even uh, the and I'm looking for the quote from uh, President Obama, who basically says the American people have no right to assume that, uh, that they uh, cannot be tracked. It's important, you know, because you could be a terrorist. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Could be, you could be a terrorist, my friend. Everybody is a crook in this yeah. country. Oh, yeah. Everyone's a crook, terrorist, and a tax dodger. It's, uh, oh, it's just unbelievable. Quick follow-up on uh, those weird statements uh, from uh, people who have city Citibank accounts that said, effective April 1st, 2010, we reserve the right to require seven days advance notice before permitting a re- withdrawal from all checking accounts. Uh, so some there have been some groups who have called uh, Citibank on this, and uh, City City Group is saying, "Well, oh, the Federal Reserve requires that statement," which is even worse. <laughs> the Federal Reserve is requiring this, and and you take along with that the knowledge. And I have a link here. Here it is. So, so you know, everyone. There's a lot of people talking about a huge explosion. You know, we keep raising our debt levels. Um, the federal we're now are monetizing our own debt, which is a very complicated concept. But essentially, since China and Japan, and let's face it, Japan is not going to buy any more of our debt with the grilling they're getting right now. It could be a part of an actual orchestration. Um, you know, so now the uh, the the Federal Reserve is buying up the treasuries, which, of course, we then pay for indirectly. But insider trading or selling, I should say, soared by 17% at the end of uh, last week. A new high. I don't know if you've been following this on uh, with your uh, Horowitz show. But everyone, you know, CEOs, directors, they're all dumping their own stock. Yeah, well, with the recent run-up, I, I don't blame them. I mean, why not? Well, maybe because so, uh, they want to cash out and turn that into, you know, buy something. Well, maybe. I don't see anybody buying anything. Mm, okay. So, uh, okay. There's a couple, so, th- there's a couple other things we have to follow up on, Jim. Well, I also have a, one last real news story before we're done. You want to? Okay, let's see. And now, back to real news. 
There's a big controversy going on. One of our producers pointed this out to me, one of the students out there at the University of Mississippi. Big controversy over, uh, apparently they're going to get rid of uh, their mascot, Colonel Reb. (laughs) And the Colonel Reb mascot, who is apparently very offensive to a lot of people because he represents some, you know, idiot from the 1860s. And they want to replace him. looks like the big movement is to replace him with Admiral Akbar from what? the Star Wars movie, who's a giant squid. <laughs> now, there's a lot of a lot of history about this. The people in Mississippi should know that this is probably not a bad idea because you know some of the more creative mascots, like the banana slug at the University of Santa Cruz, is Cal Santa Cruz, and and uh, is is gets a lot of attention. And and this giant squid, you can also make Squidward. I think would be another good possibility. But uh, this giant squid person would be a great uh, mascot. And it's not unprecedented to change your mascot and and even the name of your team. Team, although with the rebels, they could keep the name because Akbar was one of the heads of the rebels. But Stanford University used to be the Stanford Indians. Oh, that's politically incorrect. We can't do that. And, of course, in the Bay Area, that didn't last as long as it could have. And then, so in the 70s, I believe, they changed it to the Cardinals, despite the fact that there's no Cardinals in California. But that's another story. And their mascot is a tree. Some idiot gets in a tree costume and runs around like a ninny, and uh, which is the stupidest mascot probably in the world. And so this, it wouldn't be probably off, you know, way off base to make Admiral Akbar if George Lucas would cough up the uh, rights to it. Wow. Big, big news in Mississippi. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully people are looking at some other news down there as well. Mm, I don't think so. Oh, from the... For our Canadian producers, vaccine manufacturer Merck says Health Canada has approved... This is, you know, they have that excellent, excellent healthcare system up there. Has approved Gardasil for the prevention of genital warts caused by HPV infection for boys and men aged 9 to 26. Oh, yes. <laughs> we told you so. Ha! Exactly. And, yeah. And, Talk uh, about Yeah. Yeah. So um, now here's the most disturbing news, which actually, uh, I, I love it because we still have that jingle. And we really only have to spend a minute on it. But uh, guess what? (laughs) Just to test and see what it would look like, they've now created uh, a human flu and bird flu hybrid. Right. They've they've made, uh, they've somehow joined H1N1 with uh, H5N1. Yeah, to see what it would be, what it would look like, uh, so they can. I don't know what what they're gonna do with it. Well, how about uh, bury that shit in the ground? Can you imagine if that gets out? Or I, mean, I don't know who. If. Yeah, really. If who's doing this? Researchers for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention combined it with a. So it's the CDC themselves who are doing this. Yeah. Well, it's, CDC is a something happened to the CDC some time ago and. Behind the big swine flu scare, too. And uh, I mean, I could play the "We Told You So" jingle all day long. Protection against swine flu will be protection. 
Notice the word protection against swine flu will be added to the 2010-2011 seasonal influenza vaccine. They got to do something with all this stuff. Nobody bought it. Yeah, putting an end to separate shots deployed against the pandemic. They're still how does, that, how does that jive with the original uh, uh, factoid that you had to have two shots? Because it's all about money. It's all about money. And now that now there's talk of. Uh, we have to, you know, there's like pre, we have to pre-screen everyone for uh, HIV and they're working on the, on the vaccine, which there will be a vaccine. I guarantee you there will be an HIV vaccine because that's a man, man-created disease. That's my personal theory. Well, the Russians always believe that. In fact, the New York Times reported, uh, and I still have a copy of this article because I was amused by it. This came out around 1987, 1988, just as the uh, uh, AIDS controversy was beginning. And the Russians say that in, in this article that was in the New York Times, it says the Russians believe that this that the uh, AIDS was created in a lab in Maryland. Yeah. And there is a lab in Maryland. There's sure. a there's a high you know kind of a very high secretive lab in Maryland. I don't know. And uh, I don't. By the way, I don't. I don't believe that personally. I just like think well, it's uh, well. I'll tell you what I believe. You know, and and uh, and of course I don't have uh, empirical proof. Uh, but I certainly here here's the trend that I see. And by the way, I get, I get into big arguments with people when I when I. Delivered really? Money. Yeah, huh. yeah, it's amazing. But you know, with like people I live with, um, so I believe that it is man created. It was uh, genetically engineered to kill black people. Uh, I, I, I really believe that. And dropped off in Africa. And yeah, exactly dropped off in Africa. So there's a lot of black people there. We can go kill all them. And by the way, the number one way, um, uh, the number one means of family planning in Africa, i.e. not to get someone pregnant, is anal sex. So just yeah. another great way to transmit. Perfect, perfect, perfect uh, conditions yeah, it was for this set, it was set a, If you're going to go with that theory, it was a disease designed to be transmitted through anal sex. Mm-hmm. And, and it's true that one of the main uh, birth control methodologies in in Sub-Saharan Africa is that, and it was just like a no-brainer. But things went astray. Some gay guy that you know was a flight attendant was floating around Africa. Forget about that part. That's that's not important. However, I think it is important to all the people that have AIDS. Well, yeah, but here, and I know a lot of people have AIDS. I know people who have died of AIDS, but it's never AIDS. You know, and words are important. It's always HIV/AIDS, and what happens is. You get HIV, but then they put you on this AZT drug, and then you get full-blown AIDS and you die. Yeah, and well, it is my, with and, Wait, let me finish. Let me finish. No, and then you can tell me the problem with the theory. I believe that the drugs that they give you are actually what kills you. Because yeah. I've seen nothing but healthy people who, have, who test positive for human insufficiency uh, in... in oh, Frigate, whatever HIV stands for. Ah, crap. What is it? I, I forgot. I don't. I just call it HIV. I mean, I. But it's your immune. Yeah, it's your immune system. Anyway, get back but to then they give, But then they give you this these drugs, and that's when you get AIDS and you die. And I think I truly believe this is a huge, scandalous, crappy pharmaceutical plot to kill yeah. people mm-hmm. and get paid for it. Yeah, the problem is, is when AIDS first appeared in the uh, mid 80s. People were dropping dead left and right with no drugs. 
And it was only later that the drugs were developed to kind of stave it off, even though those drugs are very controversial. So, I mean, this this argument makes zero sense if you follow the timeline. And you know but, that, but it's amusing. But but it's not meant to be amusing. But, you know, now there's this there's this, uh, cock, this pill or cocktail, as they call it. And, uh, and I know many people, or not many, but a number of people who have gone through this, where, oh, okay, I had sex with someone who was infected with HIV AIDS, as it's called. Not AIDS. It used to be just AIDS. Now it's HIV, HIV AIDS. And then you, if you rush to the doctor within 24 hours, it's almost like a plan B. If you rush to the doctor, they give you this, these drugs that you're on for like a month, and it basically it makes you incredibly sick, but that somehow apparently can kill off the virus and you'll live. And this is, it's just, I don't, I, I don't trust these guys. I think it was man-made, and I think, you know, maybe it got out of hand, but they, they have some solutions. But like, hey, you know what? Why actually give people the antidote? Why don't we just string them along for a little while? Because people are, there are less people dying from AIDS in Western countries uh, because of the magical wonder drugs. And why would, he, why would he trust these guys in the first place? Bastards, all of them. Hello? I really just got to leave these these uh, stream breaks in because every single time we get down to something that's real brass tacks. Was boom. that you talking? Because I thought it was Louis Farrakhan. <laughs> you know, I'll take a lot of insults from you, but now you've really gone over the top. Louis Farrakhan. Well, does he say that? Is that is that his thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out to kill the blacks or, you know, they're trying to kill the blacks. That's what the whole thing's about. Well, I, I think it's highly possible. And, and while we're at it, get rid of them fags. That's, that's how these people think. Okay. Our welcome is overstayed. They're like, now they're like messing with us. Black helicopters next. Hey, did, 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 I got a, a really weird email from um, a real estate agent, like one of these things she sent out to a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And here's, what, here's how it read. Uh, Remember, cell phone numbers go public this month. All cell phone numbers are being released to telemarketing companies and you will start to receive sales calls. To prevent this, call the following number from your cell phone, 888-382-1222, which is the national do not call list. It will take only a minute of your time. It blocks your your number for five years. Is this true? Uh, What's the number again? 888-382-1222. Uh-huh. One two two two. Okay. But the but the the real yeah, there news, is there isn't there isn't national there isn't national I don't know if that's the number or not. No, but, I I know that, but what she's saying is all cell phone numbers will be oh, yeah, released yeah, to no, telemarketing that true. companies. That's true? Yeah. What's that all about? No, I don't know. Telemarketers are trying to put the screws of these guys. We want to release these phone numbers. Too many people are just using cell phones as their only phone and they can't get a hold of them. They got something to sell them. But isn't that that my private information? They can't just give that crap out. It's not your phone. I mean, you're you're just borrowing it. (laughs) So I get like four calls a day from these some telemarketing scheme. I keep telling them, and some of these guys are nasty. But I, you know, mostly oil and energy, Insignia Energy calls a lot. Benchmark Operating Company. I'm I'm now taking notes. Fair Energy. They got six oil wells in Texas, and they want to sell me one of them. Well, you can do that or buy hookers and blow. I mean, it's up to you. Uh, I think the hookers and blow are probably uh, pay off a bigger dividend. (laughs) Oh, 
All right. Uh, there's a couple things we could follow up on if we want to. Uh, that uh, laptop spy spying scandal. Yeah, that, let's do that in the next show because it's it's still de- it, the it's story's still, still developing. Evolving. Still developing. Yeah, and there was a UFO that crashed in uh, in Mongolia. Oh really? Oh yeah. There's a picture of it too. Okay. Well, yeah. Put in uh, two unknown disc-shaped objects crashed to the ground on the, the 19th of February near Mongolia, the capital Ulaanbaatar city. Uh, but they're small because, of course, it's smaller aliens. Frisbees. No. Oh, the little bitty dinky aliens that are ant-sized? Well, no. One is 10 kilos. The other one is about two tons. And this, they look like they're kind of saucer-like. Well, they're damaged from the impact. Uh, and there's some YouTube videos and... Uh, it's pretty interesting. I'm all over it. I bet you are. <laughs> yeah. You still don't believe, do you? Mm. Lewis. No, you don't believe. Oh, well. So we have a clip I want to play at the end, uh, which is the Letterman clip, because people love listening to Letterman after our show's over. Okay. Uh, and this is a basically the when the Toyota news, this is t- talking about piling on, when the Toyota news first broke. This is one of Letterman's first monologues about it. And it's not as though he's a little relentless because Letterman's kind of that way. But he just hounds the company. And it's actually quite amusing. But he's been hounding Toyota pretty much every night. Since I, think the- he, I think he used to drive a Toyota, actually. Maybe. I, I recall that. Could be. But it's but it's lighthearted. I got I was amused by it, so I said, "Hey, you know, we could add it onto the end and you know, amuse our uh, listeners." Which probably should be. A, I should have taped in a plug at the end to noagendastream.com and noagendashow.com, but I didn't. So there's tons more in the show notes at noagendashow.com. I mean, like tons more of stuff that uh, that is worth looking into. Have a look over at those show notes. Uh, we do it as a part of the service. It's what you're paying for. So it's not just a John and Adam sitting down. By the way, we spend countless hours every single day. And it is hours. Just, you know, send me a 10-minute YouTube clip, all right? Now, if uh, 20 people send me a 10-minute YouTube clip, that's uh, just three hours of work right there. And I, and I watch all this stuff. And, and John, you do the same. Countless hours. So just as a part of that, and there's a lot of stuff that you... And hours I'll never get back. No. Well, but that's okay. It's what we do, so you don't have to. Uh, there's a couple different things uh, that I'd like you to look at. Um, but before I go, I would like to mention one website uh, under the Climate Gate heading in... Uh, which, by the way, is just pressing ahead. There's also a... Um, a C-SPAN video there of the Senate Environment Committee hearing on the EPA, who, of course, are just going to take executive powers and uh, are going to impose all kinds of uh, taxes and regulations. And there's a great back and forth between the committee members on both sides of the debate, uh, really completely perpendicular to each other. But, you know, holding up big signs and, you know, we're all going to die from global warming. And then the other side's like big signs saying it's a scam. And then you have that EPA, Lisa Jackson, who, you know, oh, is, oh she you, makes me cringe. Oh, you just want to slap her. She deserves the bitch jingle, which I don't have. Um, but there is an initiative which is frightening called Planetary Skin. And you can find it at planetaryskin.org. And it is an initiative between, uh, essentially, everyone in the, on the, on the pro uh, AGW, 
man-made global warming debate and Cisco. And the idea is to make a planetary skin of sensors essentially, I guess, put into every Cisco box now. They're going to have a sensor worldwide so that they can really prove that there's global warming. And uh, for our sysadmins, we're all part of uh, our uh, No Agenda Militia, I would say it's time to switch to another brand. Uh, and if you look at this site, it's just, it's frightening. Absolutely frightening. Planetaryskin.org. Have a look through that, and you may change brands as to what router or switch or whatever you want to want to use. And it's only Cisco, by the way. And John, that's something I think you should look into. I wonder what that's all about. I must look into it. Well, I mean, it, it literally says... Because, uh, you know, we're flying blind in a complex and volatile world. We want to create a global nervous system to sense, predict, and act. Oh, brother. Planetary skin can be thought of as a nervous system covering the entire planet and providing a research and development platform for open collaboration between public, private, academic, and NGO sectors, i.e. Gitmo frickin' nation. It will collect data, data from space, airborne, maritime, terrestrial, and people-based sensor networks and other sources of structured and unstructured data. It will model, predict, analyze, and report in a standardized, usable format over an open and adaptable cloud platform that is governed as a global public good. Signed, George Orwell. I'm telling you. It's a freaking outrage. A global good. Yeah. Planetary skin. They're getting under my skin. And then maybe on Sunday we'll talk about the sham that is the bloom box, because uh, I think our listeners want to know the reality of what that really is and what's really going on behind the scenes, which is a complete Silicon Valley insider scam being played out in the most beautiful way. It's a classic. Yeah, and, and it'll be fun because when you're at a, at a cocktail party next week, and people say, wow, did you see that bloom box? That's amazing. Wow, the world is safe. It's all going to work. Ah! You could say, oh, yeah, here's the real story. And you know what? You could get laid. Because you look smart. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're talking to an environmentalist, you won't. All right, I'm going back to my bed. Let's see if I can get rid of this uh, whooping cough. Coming to you from uh, Gibbo Nation West in the Crackpot Command Center in the Republic of California, IA. My name is Adam Curry. And in the northernmost sector, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday with early morning service right here on No Agenda. get your heart racing. You really want to get it pumping. You want to get that blood moving? Do what I do. Uh, Drive to work in a Toyota. That... uh, I mean... Hey, hold it. Wait a minute. You know about this big uh, Toyota recall and uh, things are uh, dangerous and I'm coming to work in my car and here's how scary it is. The navigation lady was actually praying. (laughs) And then, but... I don't know. Last night I had a horrible dream that I'm being driven to work in the Toyota and uh, 
It's being driven by Rip Torn. Oh. Uh, oh, my God. You know, it's, uh, a lot of people focusing attention on car companies and their troubles. Now, some car companies are bankrupt. Some car companies are going out of business. Others, like Toyota, uh, d- d- having trouble with the recall. And some car companies are taking advantage of the uh, misfortune of other car companies. You've seen this commercial from Chrysler? Watch this. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Take a look. Toyota here. is recalling over 8 million vehicles for gas pedal-related issues, with more still to be recalled for braking problems. In light of this announcement, and to show how committed we are to remaining competitive with industry leader Toyota, effective immediately, Chrysler is removing the brakes from every one of our cars. A message from Chrysler. That's exactly what I'm talking about. But now... Uh, Toyota has called, uh, recalled millions and millions of their cars because the, uh, the gas, you hit the gas and the thing takes off and it just, whoa, won't stop and just wham, go like crazy. You know, here in New York City, those are taxi cabs. But uh, now there's trouble with the uh, Prius. The, the Prius, the hybrid Prius, and Pat Robertson, there's no brakes on the Prius. So you, on the one hand, you get the gas, and then the other, you get the Prius with no brakes. So Pat Robertson today said it's God's revenge on hybrid driving liberals. Now, I don't, is that fair? I don't know. Well, don't kid yourself. The serious thing is uh, trouble. Uh, uh, somebody got into a serious uh, Prius, whatever they called, in uh, California, and uh, started the thing up, and uh, w- and the thing wouldn't stop till it got to New Jersey. <laughs> oh, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Let me take another look at that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's close enough. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. If you really care, write in for the written transcript. Uh, this is uh, sad about uh, actor Rip Torn. You know uh, Rip Torn, a famous uh, character actor for years and years, a sure. tremendous uh, talent, and he had some trouble over the weekend at his house uh, in Connecticut. He apparently mistook his uh, bank, his neighborhood bank, for his home, and he, he broke in, <laughs> broke into the bank. And they, they found him in there, and he was trying to open the, the, the vault to get out a cold beer. It was a very right. sad... <laughs> But he, uh, they have, 